Gospel according to Mark, chapter number 13. And this morning I'll be preaching on taking heed. Taking heed. Verse 1 says, And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew were asking privately, Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled. In the year 66, the Jews revolted against Rome. They actually kicked the Romans out of Jerusalem, and the revolutionaries set up their own government. So for a century, they have been under Roman rule, and they were successful. They have have cast Rome out. Well, that didn't sit well with Emperor Nero, and he sent his general to Jerusalem to push back against the, the Jewish forces, and he pushed them all back into Jerusalem. So they had expanded a little bit, but now they're pretty much contained in Jerusalem. Nero passed away, the governor became the emperor, and then he sent his uh, general Titus to take his place. So in April, in the year 70, during the Passover, That kind of marked the beginning of the end. General Titus allowed the worshipers to enter Jerusalem because at Passover, people will come from all over the the world to come to Jerusalem for Passover. And they would let the people in, but they wouldn't let anybody out. The Romans blocked off all the supplies going into the city. So you have this influx of visitors and a lack of supplies And nothing was coming in, and nothing was going out. They were going to starve them out. Well, inside Jerusalem, the Zealots, uh, which was an anti-Rome political party, were fighting with other political factions about what to do. So you have this new government. The Romans have them trapped. The Zealots say, well, let's do this. This other party said, no, we can't do that. And they were fighting amongst themselves on what to do about it. Josephus, you may have heard of him, he once commanded the Jewish forces against Rome, switched sides, and now he's on the side of the Romans. And he said, let me broker a peace. We can meet together and and we can uh, broker a peace deal so we can avoid bloodshed. But the Jews didn't trust him. They didn't want to hear from him. And every attempt at resolution failed. This was at Passover time, so it's in the spring. By August, the Romans finally entered the city. They broke down the last of the defenses around the city, and there was a great massacre of Jewish citizens. Thousands of people were slaughtered. Uh, blood went down the streets, some say, as, as river. And the Romans destroyed much of the city and completely destroyed the temple. The only thing left, and it's still there today, is the stones, a few stones, a few parts of the western wall. Everything else completely destroyed. So you've seen that on the news, no doubt, in Jerusalem. 
people praying at the western wall. That was it. That was all that was left. Not even part of the temple, but the wall that went outside this new complex. Today in Rome, um, there's this, the Arch of Titus still stands. In the year 81, they built this big arch um, to honor Titus for the victory over the Jews in Jerusalem. So you can look that up on, on the internet, the Arch of Titus. So that's been there for you know, 1930-some years or, or so, somewhere thereabout. It was the end of the Jewish temple. It was the last of the temple worship. It was the last of the priesthood. It was the last of the sacrifices. It was the last of the offerings. This destruction by the Romans put an end to the temple. Now, let's flash back 30-some years prior, about 37 years before this final conquest. We are in the week of Passover. And Jesus, for the third day in the row, has gone to the temple. That same Josephus that I mentioned said about the temple, he said the outward face of the temple was covered all over with plates of gold. And at the first rising of the sun, it reflected back a fiery splendor and made those who forced themselves to look upon it turn their eyes away just as they had done the sun's own rays. This temple appeared to strangers when they were at a distance like a mountain covered with snow. For as those parts of it that were not gilt, they were exceeding white. Of its stone, some of them were 25 cubits in length, five in height, and six in breadth. So a cubit's about 18 inches. And so that's how, that's how big, that's how massive these stones were. Covered in gold, and you can imagine as the, the sun rises and it's shining and the, the brightness of the sun reflecting off that gold, how majestic that would have looked. It was an amazing piece of work, and just for the architectural standpoint, uh, not just the temple, but everything around it. Herod wasn't much of a man, uh, morally speaking, but he was uh, pretty good uh, as far as getting building projects done. And this was a, a glorious sight to behold. Jesus came into Jerusalem three days prior on this colt and rode into the temple, and he looked around of it. Look around, and he left. He comes back the next day. He curses the fig tree. He enters the temple, turns over the tables, casts out the money changers, says, it's a den of thieves. Judgment is coming. The leaders questioned what authority Jesus had to do all this, and he told them a parable that they were the wicked tenants that were supposed to take care of the the farm, but ended up killing the, the servants and even killing the, own, the only son. Judgment is coming. Jesus tells them judgment is coming. Well, they send the Pharisees and the Herodians and the scribes tempting him, trying to trip him up in his words. Jesus warned the people against the scribes. He says, beware the scribes which love to go into a Long clothing and love salutations in the marketplace and the chief seats in the synagogue and the uppermost rooms at the feast, which devour widows' houses for a pretense, making long prayers. These shall receive the greater damnation or the greater judgment. Judgment is coming. 
Jesus sat after this. He saw a widow casting her mite, her penny, into all of her living. Everything that she had, she cast it into the temple. And these wicked men abuse and steal and devour this widow who gave everything that she had. And they took everything from her, enriching themselves, building this big, beautiful layer for their religious hypocrisy. The widow's might does say that she gave more than those who had an abundance, but it also shows how that they would take every last cent from anyone that they could, all for their own riches and, and glory. So chapter 13 begins as Jesus is leaving the temple. And perhaps the disciples heard Jesus talk about the judgment. Three days in a row talking about the judgment, the judgment, the judgment on this temple and so forth. Maybe he's trying to encourage Jesus. But it wasn't all bad. Look at this big, beautiful building, Jesus. Look at the temple. Look at these, look at what is being taken place. Look at what's taking place here. What a building. Jesus said, See these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another. Judgment is coming. Take heed. Take heed. And, and what we will do in the message this morning is the disciples ask two questions. Tell us what these things be and what shall be the sign of all these things that shall be fulfilled. So in verse 4, they ask two questions. So we're going to look at the questions. We're going to look at the answers. And then at the end of this chapter, Jesus tells two parables to, to tie things up and then to make the illustration. So the disciples said, Behold, do you see this building? They said, Look at this building. But Jesus says, I want you to see this building. So he says, I want you not just to behold it, not just to look at it, but I want you to pay attention. Starting in chapter 12 and verse 38, where he says, beware of the scribes. It's a warning to the scribes. Jesus uses that same word that's translated bear or take heed in this chapter or seest here uh, six times. Take heed. Pay attention. So the disciples said, hey, Jesus, look, behold, take a gander at this beautiful temple. But then Jesus says, no, I want you to behold it. I want you to, to pay attention. I want you to take heed. Notice it. And, and think about it. Because he was going to tell them what was that, that it's not going to be there very much longer. Because there's not going to be one stone of this big complex that's left standing on another. It's all coming down. Well, this perplexed the disciples because when they got to the Mount of Olives, Peter, James, John, Andrew, they asked him those questions. You know, it was on their mind. They, they couldn't comprehend what's Jesus talking about. He must be talking about the end of the world. Because when they said that, well, tell us what these things be. And what is the sign that all these things are going to be fulfilled? 
they had in view the end of the temple as the end of the world, I think. And they still had in view Jesus' earthly rule was about to start. So this must be the end of the world or the end of the age. We went to Washington, D.C., and we went and walked around and saw the monuments and the Washington Monument, Lincoln Monument, and all these things. And when you're around some big architectural feat like that, you kind of just stand back and try to take it in. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And to see this grand temple where God is worshipped and the beauty of this temple, it would be hard for them to imagine that not only would it be knocked down, but it would be completely demolished. They, they couldn't wrap their minds around what Jesus is saying. So starting in verse 5, Jesus answers them. And the way to interpret this passage, starting in verse 5, the end of the chapter, is remember these questions. They asked two questions, which was prompted by Jesus' prophetic word that the temple was coming down. So Jesus answers those questions in light of what he had just told them. So remember, Jesus is answering their questions, and we keep those things in mind. The big, beautiful temple, it wasn't going to stand around. It wasn't going to be here forever. In fact, judgment is coming. All of, you know, starting in chapter 11 and chapter 12, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And now Jesus says this temple is going to be destroyed. There's also a structure to this section in and um, we'll see it as we go through. So let's, let's start reading verse number five. And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled, for such things must needs be. But the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. And there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves. For they shall deliver, deliver you up to councils in the synagogues. And you shall be beaten. And you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake. For a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you pre, um, premeditate, but whatsoever shall you be given in that hour that you speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father of the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand. And let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. And let him that is in the field not turn back again, for to take up his garment. But woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. And pray ye that your flight be not in winter. For in those days shall be affliction such as was not from the beginning of creation, which God unto this time neither shall be. 
except that the Lord had shortened those days. No flesh shall be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen and shortened the days. And then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. For false Christs and false prophets shall rise, and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But take ye heed, behold, I have foretold you all things. So, if you noticed, there's sort of a pattern here. Because in verses 5 and 6, he says, take heed. And then he warns them against deceivers saying that they're false Christ. Like people will come and say, I'm Christ. And he said, take heed, don't listen to those. So in verses 5 and 6, he warns them about false Christ. Well, then you come to the bottom. In verses 21 and 23, he says it again. Take heed against false Christ and false prophets. So the beginning of this section and the ending of this section, take heed, there's false Christ and false prophets. Then if you look, we'll call that A, point A. So there's a point A at the top and a point A at the bottom. Well, then in verses 7 and 8, we'll call this point B. 7 and 8, there is tribulation in the world. And then in verses 14 through 20, you have tribulation in Jerusalem. So if we think about like a pyramid, point A is at the bottom. You have, take heed, there's false Christ and false prophets. And then point B, there's tribulation and there's tribulation. And then at the top of the pyramid, there's point C, is the persecution of the, the disciples and the people of God. So it's kind of, it, he repeats himself twice in, in the this, in this structure. Or you can think about it like a... Uh, a March Madness bracket, where you got A and A, B and B, and then C is at the, in the middle. Well, that's how this is this is brought out. So, A verses five and six. Don't be deceived. Things are going to go south. People are going to say all sorts of things about Christ. They will imitate Christ. They will imitate the apostles. They will say that there are Christ, and some will speak for me. Don't be deceived. Be discerning. So Jesus tells the apostles, just because somebody says they are a prophet, don't listen to them. Just because somebody says that they're a Christ, don't listen to them. Be discerning. Because Christ is not going to be here, remember. So be discerning. Don't believe everyone you hear. Well, then B, it says, ye shall hear. So the disciples are going to hear about troubles and trials and tribul tribulations, even earthquakes. But the end has not yet come. Don't be troubled when you hear of wars and rumors of wars. For such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. Stay focused. Don't get distracted by political upheavals and wars and rumors of wars. Don't get involved with the plots to, for Jewish independence. Don't be troubled by it either. Such things must be. So as you read through the book of Acts and doing it in Sunday school, you see all the, the upheaval, the unrest, the back and forth between the Romans and, and the Jews. And you see the disciples, what are they focused on? They're focused on the gospel. They're focused on the church. They're focused on Christ. That's what Jesus told them. 
don't get involved in all this upheaval. Such things must be. It's going to happen. Whatever reasons the zealots had and whatever reasons Nero had, God had his own reasons for that destruction of the temple that was coming. It had to happen. It must be. All right, so that's point B. Point C, verses 9 through 13. The disciples were going to get arrested. They were going to be beaten. They are going to be put on trial. All for Jesus' sake. All for a testimony against the persecutors, but a testimony of the truth of Christ. So that, per- that persecution will have multiple purposes in the plan of God. And one purpose is the gospel being published among all nations. Remember that just because we want to know the meaning, why does this thing happen? Why, what is the purpose of something that happens? Well, almost always, there's not one purpose of why something happens. A bad thing happened here in persecution of people preaching the gospel. But as a result of that, judgment came upon the evildoers and the gospel was, was uh, published further throughout the whole world. Or at least the beginnings of it. The persecution in Jerusalem caused Christians to flee Jerusalem for their life. But as they went, they were preaching the gospel and people were saved outside of Jerusalem. In Samaria, in Antioch, and then then on and on and on. As they were persecuted and driven out, the gospel spread with them. But they are not going to be forsaken. Jesus tells them when when they put you on trial, they will have, you're going to have to give an answer. When you're on trial, you'll have to answer what they ask you. But the Holy Spirit would give them what to say. They won't have to come up with a defense or some predetermined um, speech to give because God has ordained and predetermined from the very beginning what will be said. It is God's words that will be spoken by the true men of God. So remember, it's bracketed by false Christ and false prophets. Here in the middle, Jesus tells them, you are my men. You will be persecuted, but you are going to speak my words. And when you speak my words, you're not going to be coming up with something on your own. But as a true apostle, you will speak the very words of God. The Holy Spirit will give you those words. I've heard um, people say and use that for themselves as as preachers, not to... to, uh, predetermine what they were going to say beforehand, but the Holy Spirit will give them what they need to say at that, that very hour. Well, first of all, that's not what that says. And second of all, he's talking to the apostles um, in this time where they would speak God's words as his apostles. Brother will betray brother. Father will betray son. Children will betray their parents, even unto death. The disciples will be a hated people for Christ's sake. But he that endures to the end will be saved. Jesus says these terrible things are going to happen. But you're not going to be alone. And you're going to say what I will have you to say. You're going to accomplish what I have ordained to come to pass. You're going to do God's work. Don't fear. And and don't fall away. 
Okay, so that was C. Now we go back, we're starting to go backwards. Now we're going backwards to B in verses 14 through 20. So this is a this section is the the, the difficult section people debate about because Jesus starts by saying, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. Then he says, let him that readeth understand. I think that's let him that reads Daniel understand. I think that's what he means. And then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. So first, let the reader understand what Daniel is saying. Now when Daniel spoke this, there was more than one thing going on with Daniel. When you read of the abominations of desolations, he's actually talking about um, an event that has already taken place during the time of the Maccabees. So if you've ever heard of uh, Judas Maccabeus um, or the book of Maccabees, what Daniel first prophesied took place with Antiochus. as He, he went into the temple, actually, during that time and offered... Uh, sacrifices unto false gods. I believe he, he offered a, a swine as a sacrifice um, in the Holy of Holies. Uh, he, he desecrated uh, the temple. But it also is pointing forward. And I think it points forward to the final abomination in, in the Antichrist. Um, I think, I believe that's what Jesus is saying. Let him that readeth understand that Daniel was was sort of doing a dual prophecy that that it would happen shortly after Daniel's lifetime, but it would also happen again in the future. And I think this is what Jesus is saying, that it will happen when the temple comes down, but it's pointing forward to that final, that final uh, abomination in Antichrist. So Jesus warns that when that takes place, judgment is coming. So I think it's, it's talking about the destruction of the temple, but it's also talking about something that is yet to happen even, even today. So then we come back to A. So A is verses 21 and 23. Another warning against false Christs. There'll be many false Christs, many false prophets. They'll do signs and wonders. They'll show many things and do many things, and people will get very excited. They would deceive even the elect if that were possible. And so, like I said, it's a very uh, disputed passage of Scripture, but I think the A, B, and C part is focused mainly on what would happen in the disciples' lifetime, and then starting with on the back end of that B and the A, I think that would happen, but it also will continue to happen. So that is sort of a double, a dual prophecy, I guess we could say. Pay attention, though. Take heed. I foretold that this is going to happen. Pay attention. Trust in the Lord. All right, in verse 24. But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels from, and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost parts of the earth, to the uttermost parts of heaven. <laughs> So this is a new section. 
where he says, but, but in those days, so different days, not the same days as the destruction of the temple. Remember, the disciples asked two questions prompted by the destruction of the temple. So Jesus is answering the questions. In another day, in another tribulation, in another time of great sorrow, in another time where there'll be tribulation that has never been seen. People will be doing great signs and great wonders. But the Son of Man will then come in great power and great glory. The elect won't just be kept from being deceived during this time or saved out of their troubles, but the elect at this time will be gathered up together. So Jesus answers their questions. He answers their questions about signs of the end. He answers their questions about the temple. He answers their questions about um, when all these things are going to happen and how they're going to happen. So he answers... He answers their question. So we, we understand this section by thinking about what the disciples asked him. So he, then he wraps it all up by telling two parables. Now, learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So ye in like manner... When you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall not pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Christ would have us learn a parable. The climate in Israel doesn't give them fall foliage like, like we have it, um, except for the fig tree. The fig tree is one of the trees which loses leaves every year. So the fig tree would do like our trees do. They'd lose its leaves, and then in the springtime, they start budding again. And then whenever the leaves are coming full, they know summer's around the corner. And so when he talks about the fig tree, they knew, they knew like we know, that uh, the leaves will anticipate the next season. So we look out and see all these beautiful fall colors. Well, what's that mean that's around the corner? We know that winter's around the corner, don't we? We know, I saw that's going to be in the 20s, Wednesday night, I think. Winter's right around the corner. We see the signs. We know what's coming. We don't have to, we don't have, to have somebody tell us it's going to get cold because we know what happens after the leaves start turning colors. But we also know what happens when you start seeing the trees bud. And you say, oh, look, the trees are starting to bud. Spring is here. It won't be long. We won't have to have these jackets on anymore. It'll be warm and hot outside and, and all those things. We see the signs. We know what's coming. And Jesus said, so when you see these things come to pass that I told you, you know what, what I said is about to come to pass. Which, and he said, this generation shall not pass until all these things be done. Well, what generation? Well, first, remember, this all started off by the destruction of the temple, so that generation wouldn't pass until they saw the, descent, the temple destroyed. But also, the generation that sees the rest of those signs, 
the, the wonders and the false prophets and the false Christ, that generation will not pass until all things are accomplished. So the disciples' generation would see the destruction of the temple just as whenever you see the, the final abomination, that generation will not pass until uh, Christ comes. The word of Jesus, therefore, is more sure than heaven and earth. Heaven and earth will pass away. But there's going to be a new heaven. And there's going to be a new earth. Jesus' words are more sure and more trustworthy than this earth that we're standing on. You can rely upon Jesus' words more than you can rely on what you see. People do signs and wonders, won't they? And you'll see signs and wonders. And you'll hear people uh, prophesying and saying things about Jesus. Jesus said, my words are more sure than heaven and earth. Listen to Christ. The words cannot be broken. The words of Jesus cannot be broken. Then in verse 32, we have another parable. But of that day and of that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed. So again, take heed. Watch. Pray. For ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is thus taken a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crow, or in the morning, lest suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. Take heed. Watch. But of that day, now we're talking about something else again. The disciples ask for a sign. They ask about the destruction of the temple. And they ask about the end of all things. The former parable is a sign that they were to look for. We look out. I see the leaves out there. They're different colors. That's, I know what's coming. Winter's coming. Jesus said, look, when you see those signs, you know what's coming. But now in this section, Jesus says, not only... Do you not have a sign, but you won't know when he comes back? We went from seeing, here are things that you can see that you know are coming, to of that day and that hour, nobody knows. The angels don't know. The man Christ Jesus didn't know in his humanity. God knows, of course, and but Christ and his humanity did not know. No one knows but God. Mark doesn't know. Peter doesn't know. The disciples don't know. No one knows. No one will know. So take heed and watch. He says the son of man's like uh, uh, the master or you know, let's say a wealthy landowner. He's taking a long trip. And he gathers his servants together and say, um, I'm leaving. I'm giving you Control over my estate. Feed the animals, take care of the crops, make the sales, do all these things. You have control of it. I'm going to be gone for a while. I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. But you have authority over my estate. Do what I tell you to do, and then I'll be coming back. Now, 
the reporter's going to be there, so I want you to be watching. Could be in the morning, could be in the middle of the night, could be in the afternoon, I don't know. So watch. Watch for my return. So many times we've considered this in light of Daniel 7. Daniel 7, 13 says, And I saw in the night visions, behold, one like the Son of Man came with clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there he was given him dominion and glory and kingdom that all the people and nations and languages should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. This is what the disciples expected right now. Because Jesus said the Son of Man would come in clouds with great power and glory. He's, Jesus said the Son of Man is coming just like Daniel said. And the disciples expected that to happen right now. So there, because even in Acts 1, they said, well, now is it time. It's still in the book of Acts. They still thought this. So they're trying to say, well, how is the Son of Man going to come? How is he going to come in great glory and power? But how can he suffer and die? And how can there be the great glory here, but the temple be destroyed? All these things were jumbled up in their mind. Jesus said, it's going to happen, but not yet. No, however, it could happen at any time. That's the point of that parable. That, that the glory that they desired and expected could happen at any time. So watch. Watch. Trials and temptations and tribulations are, are ordained by God. The Lord foretold all these trials. He pronounced the end of the temple worship. And he pronounced judgment on the religiosity of those who were saying the lying words, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. But the destruction of the temple didn't mean that God broke his promises. Jesus fulfilled the old covenant. He fulfilled the worship of the Old Testament system. That had all come to an end because a new and better covenant was established. But the hard-hearted people, these ungodly people, would not have the son. The wicked ten tenants wanted the inheritance. The temple, which should have been a house of prayer, was a den of thieves. It was a cursed fig tree that should have produced fruit but was barren and unfruitful. The Lord was forsaken and the building was honored. And so the Lord brought judgment. It was not a breaking of God's promises but a judgment on those who would not bow to Christ. We could think of it this way, that if a church says the church of Christ, the church of Christ, the church of Christ, but thinks very little of the Christ of the church, soon they'll have neither. Let's not forget our first love and take heed. Also know that God ordains our trials. We don't know why or what purposes there may be, but God knows. And rest assured that bad things happen to God's people when God's people don't know why. It doesn't happen without a reason, so trust in God. Verse 37, it says, What I say unto you, disciples, I say unto all, to us, watch. Take heed. We saw it over and over and over again. The warning 
to take heed of false Christ, to take heed of false prophets, to take heed of the signs, to take heed of what we get caught up in. Take heed. That's what we're to do. We're to watch. We're to remain faithful. We are not called to discern the, the, the end times. We are called to watch and be faithful. So we don't watch the news and try to figure out what's going on with Israel and Hamas and, and go to Russia and Ukraine and China and try to figure all these things out. This, politi- this politician did that, so that means that this group is going to do this. And, and this group of billionaires is involved in all these type of things, so what do we have to do? And can, no, we're not called to do that. We're called to watch for Christ, to be faithful. We don't know. Jesus said, the angels don't know. You don't know. God doesn't want to tell us when he's coming. He gave us the keys of the kingdom, and he said, I'm coming back, so be watchful and be alert. That is our job. Over and over and over again, he says, take heed. Watch. Be looking. It gets, it's easy to get wrapped up in worldly things as if that's the end-all, be-all of existence. To get sucked into the imaginary and fake world of social media and what's on your phones and get sucked into that, that that is all that there is and that's what is most important and that's what we have to focus on and we have to think what everybody else is telling us to think and we have to listen to what everybody else is telling us to listen. Like That's all that, it, that matters. My... Uh, Cousin's wife, uh, she, she was saying that the, she was very tired of all the Taylor Swift talk, and then everybody was talking about that, and her and Taylor Swift. Well, the, the point of this is, we don't have to be sucked into what everybody else is talking about. Like, that is what is important. We are called to take heed, and to watch, and to pay attention, and to be faithful. When temptations come, we begin to think that we can put Christ to the side. You better take heed. When trials come and we lose heart, take heed. When we hear something new and start listening to other voices or philosophies or other ways of salvation, you better watch. Take heed. Wake up. Look around. The Master's coming. Take heed. Look. Jesus is coming. Be faithful. Believe. God's words are sure. Have you bowed to the Christ who predicted the fall of Jerusalem? Who predicted um, 40 years before it happened that this great edifice would fall and be in ruins? But not only that, it predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection. Believe. Trust in the Christ who came to save his people from their sins. Be discerning. And take heed and watch out for false prophets and false doctrines and false Christs and people putting words in Jesus' mouth, giving another Jesus or another way of salvation. Take heed. God's word is sure. Jesus is coming back. The trump of God will sound, the dead will rise, and those who are alive will meet him in the air. We will be glorified. We will be made new. It's coming. Child of God, rejoice and watch and wake up and be faithful for the Lord is coming. Take heed.